Welcome to the Pro Cheerleading Podcast. This is the only podcast that gives you a raw and unfiltered perspective of what it's really like to be a professional cheerleader. Whether you're currently on a pro team, an alumni, or really curious about what it takes to become a pro cheerleader, the Pro Cheerleading Podcast gives you all the inside scoop and hot topics in the pro cheerleading industry and in-depth interviews of team directors, choreographers, current and former cheerleaders. I'm your host, Makiba. Join me every Wednesday as I reveal the truth behind the palms. Welcome to the Pro Cheerleading Podcast. I'm your host, Makiba, and this week's episode is called Advice. You guys are going to have to bear with me this episode. I was sick all weekend long and sound like utter ass. (laughs) So sorry in advance. I sound like a man and I'm just really just trying to get through it, but I'm excited about this episode because it's that time of the year where everybody has been working hard all winter and it's about to be spring and you're about to show up and show out at these auditions in the best shape of your life, looking fabulous and just ready to wow the pants off of these judges and make your way onto a pro team. And I could not be more excited for you, seriously. Even if I sound like a dead fish, I promise you I'm not. But this is going to be an amazing episode. That's my first time trying to actually make a compilation of some of my favorite interviews of the podcast so far. So you are super in for a treat. But before we get into that, we have cheer chat and there are some things going on lately that I'm pretty excited about. First and foremost, I'm not really super into American Idol, but Kyle from the Philadelphia Eagles cheerleaders He is a contestant on American Idol this season. He auditioned and had the whole entire Philadelphia Eagles cheerleading team right there in the audition room behind him while he performed uh, the song called Mercy. And it was just awesome. I've been, I follow him on Twitter and Instagram and, you know, he has certain videos of him singing, but super excited for him. He got a ticket to Hollywood and, you know, having all the support of Philadelphia. I live there. I know how crazy their fans are. It sounds like there's a lot of support and a lot of press um, that Kyle's been getting from his journey on American Idol. And I'm just super excited to see what he's got and how far he'll get. And just really cool. I don't know how he's going to be balancing that with auditions or maybe maybe he won't be able to. That'll, that's a really good question. But wishing Kyle the best, obviously, with auditions, both for American Idol and also for the Philadelphia Eagles if he's able to participate again. But he was like the only male cheerleader on the team. I think it had been at least 30 years since they've had a guy on the team. So it looks like he had an amazing season. And I'm just super excited that he's built these friendships and the support system to kind of get him through a very, very exciting audition for American Idol in DC, I believe they were. So good luck, Kyle. We're rooting for you. And the next thing that I was kind of inspired by uh, the Miami Dolphins cheerleaders. I don't know if this is the first time they've done a showcase like this, but, and I do not even know how to pronounce it. I think it's just the acronym UNIR, but it's a dance showcase um, presented by the Miami Dolphins cheerleaders that showcases all the talent in the South Florida area. And I think they even have some international performers. There was a beautiful group of ladies that were dancing from, I think the Cayman Islands, but they had universities represented, FIU, FSU, Miami Hurricanes, their cheerleaders performed, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were there. It just got me really excited to think about a production like that where you have the pro cheerleaders in the area, your college dance teams and cheerleaders, you know, local youth involved in dance, all performing on and sharing a stage together. Like how inspiring would that be? I just think it's a great idea and it would be so cool for other cities to do something similar. Kudos to the Miami Dolphins cheerleaders for organizing something like that. A beautiful performing arts center there that they were performing in Miami and everybody looked like they had an amazing time. Hopefully they'll put out like a video. I'm sure they will. Miami's been on point with all of their production for the girls all season, like a day in the life of the Miami Dolphins cheerleaders, but it'll be really cool to see a recap of that event. Maybe other teams will take note of that and think of that as a good way of raising money for programs in your area. You could go to charity, but just a great way to connect the community. I think the dance community is really small and everybody coming together for such a cool purpose to showcase all that talent is an amazing thing to see. I was glued to my Instagram Saturday night looking at Instagram stories, so I'll be looking out for a more formal thing, and I'll repost it in our story. 
Last thing, I mean, just leading up to the point of today's episode, auditions are coming up fast and furious. You know, the first auditions are actually this weekend with the Patriots cheerleaders having their preliminary auditions on Saturday. Uh, And then like the Baltimore Ravens cheerleaders and the New York Jets fight crew are next weekend, Saturday, March 7th. So it's going down and I can't believe that we're already here. Most of the auditions I would say are landing in like March and April. But for these early starters, I mean, it's just incredible that we're already here. Obviously, audition prep starts way before now. And a lot of teams are having their audition prep classes. But the one thing that I wanted to talk about for Cheer Chat was just like, if anybody knows what's going on with the Las Vegas Raiders, which is going to be hard to get out of my mouth. But for the Oakland Raiderettes that you know are living in Oakland or the Bay Area, I'm just curious if they've given you any information about what the auditions process is going to look like. Are they holding auditions in Oakland? giving you an opportunity to figure out if you made the team before moving or all of you guys just moving down to Vegas. Hopefully we'll have an episode where we talk about pro dancers and pro cheerleaders that have changed markets and how they approached auditions, how they plan a life move so that they can be on a different professional team. So curious, you guys can write in anonymously, but just want to understand like what you guys are planning to do and what's your approach. Are you just going to go down to Vegas for that weekend, see what happens and just start kind of having contingency plans in place? It's just a really interesting topic. And, you know, you guys don't really have that much time to adjust, I'm sure, after the auditions to knowing that you're selected for the team. So feel free to share your journey with us. I think a lot of people might be in that boat of having to relocate. So Very, very curious as to how you're going to approach that. I know the Raiderettes have made a lot of appearances down in Las Vegas, so I'm sure you're getting used to that market and reaching out to fans there. This is going to be pretty exciting. Curious about the dance community in Las Vegas and just if it's going to change the style of Raiderettes. I hope not. So hopefully you ladies are going down there and representing and earning your spot back on the team. I can't wait to see what happens with that. For now, I'll just stay tuned. I signed up for audition information on the website. No one dang on well, my mind is not auditioning, but just trying to keep an ear to the ground. But you guys are great about writing in. So just let me know how you're coming along and definitely will be rooting for you. So with that, you know, let's just dig right into audition prep advice. And again, you know, there is the episode that Brittany and I did together called Try Again where we talked about our auditions experience. So anybody who's new to the podcast, if you're kind of cherry picking episodes, there's a lot of tidbits of advice between Brittany and I and just kind of sharing our experience, obviously. But this episode is going to dig more into what our guests have had to say about auditions. I mean, we've interviewed directors of NBA teams, choreographers, audition prep business owners, even a current NFL cheerleader about the auditions process. And they had a lot of good jewels of wisdom to share. And so I just thought it'd be cool to put it all in one episode where you can hear those words of wisdom and just different perspectives, because I think you're probably going to be inundated with advice and I might chime in here and there in this episode, but really it's a, it's a personal journey that you guys are all on. And I'm sure you've been putting in the work, you know, watching what you eat, getting fit, dancing your tails off. And so now that we're here in this space of you know, February, March, April, when auditions are taking place, it's really just kind of having like a really well-rounded perspective of what you're about to enter into if it's your first time. And then for all of the vets that are coming back to win a spot, I mean, it's just helpful to have a refresher really about what you should be thinking about and how to attack auditions so you can get your spot back. Because ultimately preparing for auditions is hard as F. So You know, there are times where you just might fall off and you just need a pep talk to get your head back in the game and just remember that people are coming for your spot and just how to appear fresh even for the judges. You know, sometimes we rely on as vets on, oh, they know me and, you know, they're used to seeing my face, but you kind of have to present yourself what you've improved on over the past year and just kind of being a like new and improved version of yourself. And so It doesn't hurt to stay on your toes. So this episode is going to take us through a lot of the feedback that we got from guests. Let me introduce the guests that you'll hear from in this episode. And I'll also mention the full episode that they were a part of in case you want to hear more from them, because a lot of these interviews, you guys are just super inspiring. I mean, I took clips, but 
it's worth a listen back if you haven't. I mean, listening back to like Derek's interview, for example, oh my gosh, I was smiling the whole entire time. So starting off with Michelle Burt, she is the performance team's manager for the Portland Trailblazers and her interview episode is called Boss. We also have Derek Whitfield. He is a senior director of dance teams for the Washington Wizards and his episode is called Bounce Back. Then there's Michelle Vaughn. So there's two Michelles, just bear with me. One voice is very distinct from the other, but Michelle Vaughn, if you don't know, is an NBA NFL choreographer, has done some amazing choreography with Pro Action Dance Convention, and you probably did one of her routines this year or watched plenty of other people do it. So happy to have her input on this episode. Then we have Patricia Yabez. She is a former Golden State Warriors dancer and Los Angeles Charger girl, and her episode was Supersonic. Janine Samuels, she is the president and CEO of Sideline Prep. We closed last season out with her interview on the episode Motivation. And last but definitely not least, there's Candace Carroll. She's the Washington Redskins cheerleader, Pro Bowl cheerleader, and captain. And her episode is called Brown Skin Girl. So now that you know our experts here, I'm going to kick it off with the number one question that hits the DMs for the Pro Cheerleading Podcast is the auditions process and how quickly you have to pick up choreography or do you have to have formal dance training? I feel like this is like the number one question that's raised as people worry about whether they need to have been dancing since they were two or are they just going to get lost in the sauce and auditions because they teach choreography too fast? You know, depending on the program and the choreographer and their teaching style, it'll obviously vary, but I think you'll hear some really interesting insights from Michelle, Patricia, Derek, and Janine around how they approach learning in a quick-paced environment like auditions and what their expectations are around prior dance experience and training. So without further ado, let's hear what they have to say. I try to run the auditions kind of similar to what a dancer would experience on our team. And I've heard a lot of times people say, oh, that's why we had to learn something quickly and turn around and perform it because this is what we really do on the team, you know, or someone who's coming from a high school dance program or a college program where they don't have to learn quite as many routines would kind of go into that audition process thinking, you know, I have so much, we're going to learn one dance for the entire weekend and I'm going to be great at this one minute, you know, like just all these different approaches coming in. So um, if I were giving advice, I would say in addition to being a trained dancer, which sometimes we have dancers who aren't as trained. They're just really talented and they kind of just figure it out. But in addition to technical training, which is great, I would say try to be a good learner. I always tell people Mm -hmm. that work on your learning and preparation, because if you can learn fast then you have a much better chance of executing well in the audition process, you won't be so stressed out about, oh, we just learned this jazz routine or this jazz combo. I have to perform it. And then I don't get to do it anymore. But the next day you're thinking, oh, I'd be so much better if I could do that today. But we're not looking at that anymore. We're done. We're over that. <laughs> we're learning the hip hop combo or whatever. Right. So for me, I look I look at a lot of things and I would imagine other coaches do. But I try to be super open about it. Um, I am looking for dancers to learn and execute choreography quickly, not necessarily perfect, but quickly and comfortably. I think I I always just preach about it being mental and that everyone's there in the same boat as you, you know, and I also give tips on like, I tell them, I'm like, I leave my teammates. I'm like, don't talk to me. Like, I'm going to go learn the routine and like, you can come with me or not, but like, I am not talking to anybody. (laughs) And I just like put on like tunnel vision and I'm just focused and I do the routine like as full out as possible, as many times as possible that my body can handle. And in that way, you know, when I have to go perform it, I know it. You know, I, I look for dancers who are kind of at the level that we are or or above. Um, you know, we definitely try to make sure that we step up something every year, you know, with our program. And so I definitely look for people who are at the level that we need them to be because I don't have time to backtrack. You know what I'm saying? With, with okay. Boy, I, teach it once, I teach it once. We throw it on a video and, and there you go. Now I go through it. I usually teach. I take like an hour. Um, okay. to, to wow. go through the choreography at auditions, depending on how long the piece is. But, you know, I definitely want to make sure that people feel comfortable and, and put their, their best foot forward. You know, I do put some combinations in there that are just designed to make sure that you're thinking and that you aren't just fumbling through it. I am going to put something in there that's going to that's gonna mess you up. I mean, that's just 
you know, just to make sure that people, you know, are thinking and, and are paying attention to the detail. You definitely got to be on top of your A game. But, you know, we look for different varieties of dancers and different shapes and, and different looks and edges and styles because we do so much. We're not just a jazz team. We're not just a hip hop team. Um, so I have dancers who are extremely technical, but maybe a little bit weaker on hip hop or vice versa. The main goal is to be versatile in all of, you know, all the styles, to be the jazzy, the palm and the hip hop. And, and, you know, that's when you really get to kind of have fun with this. So mm-hmm. that's kind of what I look for. I can go on and on about auditions. It's great to hear from your perspective what you're looking for. We get so many people that write in mm-hmm. talking to us about just, gosh, what if you're a slow learner and and how do you keep up during training camp? I don't know if you have training camp as part of your... I do. Your, yep. Okay. Do. So maybe you can just speak to that when the, during the training camp, you're like, I don't know, you guys are kicking everybody's butts with a bunch of choreography mm-hmm. and maybe workouts. Are you really judgmental on how quickly someone picks up or do you look to see, okay, they came back and they Potential. knew their stuff? Yeah. No, I think one of the cool things, I'm going to say one of the cool things about me, but one of the things that I understand as a coach is everyone learns differently. And I do have some dancers on my team who are amazing dancers that are sleep on it, as I call them. Like they have to sleep on the dancers and, and that's okay. That's perfectly fine. I think if that is you in, through a training camp, um, just making sure that you come back the next day and you do have it, yeah. um, you know, that you show. Because if you do get to a training camp, then you do get multiple days to really show who you are. Um, so if you're able to make it through, you know, those rounds where you have to pick it up quickly and, and do it, you know, if you're able to make it through that and then get to the training camp, you're challenged with even more choreography and workouts. Mm-hmm. For me, I'm looking to see progression. And ultimately what I'm looking to see is from the moment I taught you to the dance to the moment that you did auditions, whether that's two days or three days, or if I had, you know, two or three auditions in the training camp, when it's time for you to perform it, is it ready to go? And if it's ready to go, then I know, then I know, okay, that's just how you are. But when it comes time for you to, to, to deliver, you can deliver. Right. Um, I think that's the thing is that, you know, you've got to get that vote of confidence that at the end of the day, you can deliver what's being asked of you, the choreography, the routine, you know, the, the appearance, the fan interaction, like we're looking at all of that stuff and making sure that we can check off the boxes on all of those. It's not just about your dance or your look or whatever you know you have to be a complete package um, to to really be a professional you know cheerleader or pro sports dancer however you want to call it these days Um. (laughs) you don't have to have years and years and years of technical dance background and training to go pro like a lot of these skills can be learned if you're willing to put in the time the work the dedication and if you have the faith that you can do it and you put forth, you know, extraordinary effort behind that faith, then anything is possible, especially if you have a coach and if you have a team of people working with you, behind you and being your personal cheerleaders, you can make it happen. Hopefully that removes some of the intimidation around learning. I mean, I was definitely, like Derek said, a sleep on it learner. I definitely needed time to let it soak in and then a chance to practice it a little bit more and bring it back the next practice and have it nailed down. But I think when I've found, like once I made the team and just trying to take as many dance classes as possible, the more you exercise those muscles and memory and just kind of connecting it all together of learning different choreography from different people and not getting so used to one person's teaching style, it actually just really starts to help. And I mean, I know me personally, once I'm intimidated, I'm in my head about learning, I start to shut down. It's like short circuit, like freaking, you know, smoke blowing out of my ears, like I can't even deal. But I think just taking it one eight count at a time and just trying to trust your body to keep going through the motions and going as full out as hard as you can, like Patricia mentioned, because then you're just training your body to execute the choreography, especially if you don't have a lot of time before you can turn the routine around in the auditions process. If you find yourself getting frustrated as you're learning, just try to have like positive mental pep talks with yourself so that you don't get frustrated and you don't shut down mentally. Pick up what you can. And sometimes these eight counts of routine are so fast and maybe you don't do one particular move correctly, 100% right. You execute what you do know and you do it well and just kind of get through it and don't beat yourself up over it, especially while you're trying to learn, because I think it can impede the rest of the audition for you if you're thinking negatively or just telling yourself that you can't do it. If that's what you're feeding your mind while you're in the audition, then it's more than likely going to come out in the way that you perform. So 
positive pep talks, one eight count at a time and just get through it because you don't have to have tons and tons of experience. Obviously, the more prepared you are, the better. And hopefully you've been taking dance classes and different styles of dance and really just pushing yourself in that way. But no matter what training you've done in the past, it's just that weekend, that day that you're showing up for auditions and learning choreography, just come as an open slate and just focus your best at your ability and show off what you got. In this next segment, the guests talk about how they're looking for more than just a dancer. You're not only judged on your dance ability and your showmanship. They're really looking for a good employee. So you're judged on so many other things that it's easy to lose focus on when you're just prepping for the dancing and choreography. There's so much more to it, as most of you know, but they're looking for somebody that's a good team player, somebody that can be an ambassador out there in the community. Can you hold a conversation? Do you have confidence and presence to enter a room of fans or community organizations or corporate sponsors? Do you have professionalism? Things like that. So let's see what Michelle from the Blazers and Derek have to say on this topic. I also tend to watch how people enter the room, how they enter the gym, where we're having tryouts, how they treat each other, um, which I'm not like, you know, sort of following people around and asking questions, but you can kind of tell when you get a vibe. Exactly. Thank you. You totally get a vibe, right? Yeah. Um, Just good energy. Because you think about like, I'm sure in the NFL, your season is really long. You work really hard. And we do too. We start in August. We go through April, May, potentially one day, June, we hope that we're in the playoffs, you know, and you, you have a lot of work to do together. So you're also, it's, you're looking for a good employee, yeah, right? Like it's not just a dancing, it's a job, it's a job. And so I'm paying attention to all those things, how people treat each other when they're learning and when they're hot and tired and they just kind of want to go crawl in the corner. I'm like, Oh look, she's not so nice anymore. Right. (laughs) She's like (laughs) pushing people out of her way. And, you know, I try to kind of, I used to teach auditions when I first took this job. I taught the first two or three years, maybe. And then I thought I'm missing out on right. so much sure. because I'm turning my back and worried about choreography. And now I just I just sit there for eight hours. I'm like, oh, oh OK, OK, you know, and kind of look yeah. and look at applications and look at people. And I'm not as concerned with someone saying oh, I've danced for 20 years and I'm classically trained and I'm. I mean, the person next to them could have danced for two years and just be, just wow you. So it doesn't, we ask for that because we want to see so that we like think make sense of where you're coming from, but it doesn't, you're not judged just because you've danced for two years or just because you don't have formal training or it's really just about how you execute. So to me, you have fun, you Mm -hmm. learn material, you execute quickly. And if you make a mistake, you recover. Mm-hmm. You just recover and keep performing instead of leaving or sort of losing your expression. You know, you no, just no. kind of keep going and think, oh, man, OK, I'm going to just keep going. Um, there's a lot of um, I feel like people are drawn to that. Judges are like, oh, wow, what just happened? Did she? Oh, I think she messed up. But look, or he, they look great, you know, right, they right. right out there. So who cares? I don't even I don't even realize they mess up, you know, right. Just kill it. Please just kill it. Like make me enjoy watching you. Right. And yeah. that's, you know, just having a good time. I think that just goes back to having fun again um, yeah. and not being so in your head that you can't enjoy the moment. Have you witnessed literally like meltdowns in the training camp process where maybe somebody's like, you know, really trying to have on that face and being, and then they just, you see the, the bitch come out or like, I don't know, like where people just. <laughs> I mean, you, yeah, people, the one, one thing I do like about training camp is it does get to show you some other things that you won't normally see at the audition. You know, mm-hmm. you get to see attitude sometimes, like you're speaking to sometimes. You get to see sometimes that people are prepared. You get to see, do they follow directions? You get to see, you know, their professionalism. Um, mm-hmm. And if, you know, it, it said that this is the standard or, you know, we need you to wear this and be here at this time and yada, yada, yada. Um, how much extra effort that person takes. Are they going to go the extra mile? Um, you get to see a lot during the training camp process because, you know, it's, I, I can't offer you a job off of a, a seven or eight hour audition. Like I've got to know more about you in order to, to be able to rock with you, you know, for these hundred or so routines that we're going to do a year. Cause you know, somebody's not going to make it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
tough and it, it, it's strenuous and, and you do have to be a lot of things. And sometimes for some dancers, it can seem unattainable, but it is attainable. You've just got to know the game and, you know, realize everything that you're getting to. Some people may be amazing dancers, but may lack in the, in the polish department or may lack in the professionalism department, or they may be the most poised and professional, but may not be the most entertaining to watch. You know what I'm saying? And it's hard to be, both of those, because they're almost two different personality types. But you've got to be able to, you know, have that that fierce one and also have that professional person. You've got to be able to turn them on and off and sometimes combine the two. So it's 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 tough. Um, and people, I don't think people realize that, you know, you don't just come and learn a, a combination and we give you a job, um, <laughs> you know. Yeah, no, I'm so glad you're saying it. it. I'm so glad you're saying that because it's, I think there's so much emphasis, especially when, I'm just going off of like what we hear from people where they're so focused on the dance and dance questions and technique this and that. And, you know, I'm just hoping that they also understand all the other aspects that would actually make them a good member of the team and understanding how to show that as well in the auditions process. So how do you get to show what an amazing person you are and what a great ambassador you can be in your community representing your sports team? There's a lot going on in the auditions process, as you know, and there's really only the interview process where you're able to give the judges a sense of who you are and what you're all about, why you want to be a part of the program. It's your chance to stand out from everyone um, in a way that's different from dancing. And so obviously this is where you really have to shine so that you're memorable and that people see that you're more than just a dancer. Each professional team obviously is very different on this. They'll be informal to formal, to football quizzes, to team quizzes. You never really know. So oftentimes they do like recaps of the audition process, you guys, on their websites or in their social media. So hopefully you're doing your research and understanding like what's required at each step. And then obviously as you move through the process, you can ask around and get some feedback from people who have been on the team before that can hopefully guide you in the right direction. So Best of luck representing yourself in a professional, womanly or manly manner. And that shows that you can handle the job from A to Z and that you're super well-rounded. Next topic, many of our guests speak about the importance of preparation, whether it's in your appearance, knowing your market and doing your research, like I was just mentioning, so that you understand what the team is looking for and how you can best show that you have what it takes to make that team. Let's listen to what Michelle from Blazers, Michelle Vaughn, the choreographer, and Derek have to say on this topic. We do like 10 to 15 minute um, mm -hmm. individual interviews with the finalists. So if you've been on the team before, you don't have to do an interview because we already know you and have interacted with you. Anyone who anyone else who is a finalist and was not on the previous season's team comes in for a 10 to 15 minute interview. And we try to tell them you know, this is just a moment for you to get a chance to talk and tell us a little bit about yourself and show us how you would be at an appearance. You don't have to say it's not a formal interview like um, going in to get an accounting job necessarily. Right. You don't have to mm -hmm. prove yourself on paper. We really just want to talk. We just want a 10 minute get to know you. And that's really that's really all it is. A chance to talk and kind of get a sense and get a vibe of a person. And they can tell us a little bit about their dance experience. Sometimes people talk about their pets sometimes, you know, or their hobbies or other things because those are comfortable and it makes them relax and comfortable. We ask them about that and what kinds of dance they like. And mm -hmm. I mean, it's really simple, informal, really informal. Yeah. We do bring them into the office just so that there's a good place and they kind of get to see, you know, where things are. But otherwise, it's not a super formal experience. The biggest mistake a lot of athletes make when they audition is they don't study their market they don't study the team they don't know what that team brings or if they have men on the team and you're a male auditioning what do those men look like you have to still look at the team and see what their whole vibe is you can't just come in as this complete individual because then you're not going to blend you've got to be able to be a team as an individual also just knowing it's a business your hair your look your weight I mean as much as you know we want to it's all equal opportunity. It's still a business. You know, you have to meet those standards. And same thing, I was actually having the talk with Sabrina from the Warriors. 
the men on that team have the exact same expectations as the women. There's no opposite. The workout, the training, the boot camp, everything's the same across the board, which is good, I think, because if we're going to implement that, then it needs to be across the board. But I think just knowing your market, you have a test on who you're working for, essentially. Who's your coach? Who's your vice president? Those things matter. So I think going in with that knowledge and then knowing that and then just letting your dance shine. You know, as opposed to going in as this amazing dancer, but you don't know anything about what you're auditioning for. It's yeah. not just eight counts on the court and a few community service. It's a lot more than that, especially now. They've definitely stepped up their entire game as an organization of the things that you have to do. And for people struggling to get on teams, don't be afraid to go semi-pro. Um, mm-hmm. Listen and, and, like, study. Like, I think that's what people don't do. They don't study. If you want to get on a team, you need to go to five or six games for that team so you can see them at a game, on the concourse, or go to some appearances that they have. And you got to really just immerse yourself into it, know your strengths, know your weaknesses, know how to play the auditions. Auditions is a mental game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it is physical and it is about your talent, but it also is a mental game. Um, mm-hmm. And you just got to know how to play the game. And if you have this goal, be real with yourself and do what it is you need to do to get there and you know if you do that and you put your best foot forward you can and also don't be afraid to relocate just because you may not make it in you know Seattle where you guys are you may not make it in DC doesn't mean that you can't go to Florida and walk on a team doesn't mean you can't go to New York and walk on a team and all dance experience is good experience take class like take take class if you're serious about it you've got to dancing at this level is a lifestyle it's not a hobby Right. And I think some people approach it from that, oh, this is something cool to do, but this is a lifestyle and you've got to immerse yourself in this lifestyle in order to be successful at it. Social media. Mm-hmm. Keep your social media clean. You yeah. know what I mean? Because when you're on these teams, some of these teams that I've been a part of the audition process, people have not gotten it because their social media is so outlandish. That can't represent our brand, but people don't think of it like that. Whether it's heels videos, whether it's, you know, different things. People don't think about that. So you've got to make sure your image top to bottom meets the standards of the organization you're auditioning for. The other thing I would say is there's so much easier nowadays is do your research. You know, if you want to try out for a pro team, you should do your research. It's so easy to look online and see what teams are looking for. Like even with the two, like even with the two teams that are, we're not super close. We're not next door to each other, but the Blazer Dancers and the Seagulls, are two pro teams. Both are awesome teams and they're different. They're Mm -hmm. different. And you might be awesome for the blazer dancers and not the best fit for seek out. You might not be what they're looking for or have maybe flexibility is super important that you have really high kicks where maybe blazer dancers, you don't really need that. Right. You don't really see that. I don't know, but like, just kind of check it out, do your homework, show up prepared for what they do. If you've never taken a hip hop class in your life, coming to a blazer dancer audition is going to be really difficult for you. It doesn't mean you have to be the best at it, but if you've never taken it, it maybe isn't going to work out so well for you. And so, you know, but like, maybe you look at that and say like, I really want to dance professionally. I'm a strong performer. I'm not really great at hip hop. So maybe, maybe NFL is for you. Mm -hmm. Maybe I have a better shot here Mm -hmm. because I'm going to be weak in this area. Or if I just really want to do blazers, then I'm going to keep working on what they do. Mm-hmm. Whatever you think is the best fit for you is the right. best fit. It's going to work out the best. So just do your homework, yeah. kind of check things out and see what, what looks like it was would be a good fit or what you would excel at. I really like what Derek and Michelle mentioned about, you know, not being afraid to go semi-pro or relocate. Um, just like we were talking about during cheer chat. I mean, it's inspiring for you guys because really the sky is the limit. You're not stuck in the corner of the Pacific Northwest here in Seattle where there's one sports team in town. You might live in a market where there are other options like semi-pro teams or if you're really open-minded, you know, you're finished with school, you're in a job that you might have some flexibility or you're ready for a change and a lifestyle change. Similar to how like, you know, when you apply to college, you might have a list and you just apply everywhere, but you have kind of a pecking order of like, if things don't work out with this school, then I might consider this one. I mean, I would think just being as open-minded as possible. If you know you want to dance professionally, there's no reason to limit yourself. You can have just an audition season strategy where you know that there are certain other teams that you think you match their style 
just making a list and knowing the audition dates and if it's possible for you to map out one weekend with one team and a couple weeks later if things don't pan out then you're able to try and start new and fresh in a different team's auditions process then I say go for it there's nothing wrong with that and it actually just gives you an opportunity to actually do what you love rather than like sit out and wait a whole other year I think Derek is right you know all dance experience is good dance experience so being a part of another team going to have an episode this season about semi-pro teams and just how very, very similar it is to dancing on a professional dance team in the NBA or NFL, um, what the differences are, of course, but it's still quality dance experience and you still have those same friendships and bonds and performing in front of a crowd. So there's a lot of things that you can get from that and just experience if you haven't made any experience over the course of your career dancing for a team. Um, since college, I think it is a step up to be able to say that you dance for a semi-pro team. A lot of teams look favorably upon that, so it's nothing that we should kind of like turn our nose up at either. So keep all those options wide open. Well, what happens if you're doing your research, you're looking at the prior year's team, and you're a little concerned you know, by what you see, that maybe your look isn't quite what they're looking for. Um, maybe they have like a a lack of diversity on that team, frankly. This came up, you know, earlier in the seasons of the Pro Cheerleading Podcast in the I'm Every Woman episode. It was a really in-depth look at the state of diversity in the Pro Cheerleading and kind of the numbers breakdown for each team in the NFL and the NBA. But I don't want anybody to be discouraged by what you see from the existing roster. I think Michelle from the Blazers had the best answer and perspective on diversity and just really for you to get past that and not let that interfere with you going after your goal of showing some representation on a team and bringing your diverse look and your diverse background to a professional cheerleading team. I appreciate you sharing. I mean, because for the first time, I think since I've been paying attention, especially with uh, starting the podcast and seeing, you know, the increased numbers of, um, of diversity, I guess, across mm-hmm. NFL and NBA, I think in ways that I haven't seen, but maybe sure. I'm paying attention now. You know, there was that circular argument of, well, they don't show up to auditions and therefore it's really hard to pick mm-hmm. from, you know, a diverse team. But mm-hmm. it's just, I think it's really encouraging to hear your viewpoint on it because mm-hmm. I think for people who may be second guessing or, or looking at the current roster and debating whether they should try out for it or, you know, yes, like they're not what they're looking mm-hmm. for, mm-hmm. you just have to just bring your A game and, be yourself, be a best dancer, you know? Yeah. And right. And I, I like, I like that you said that too, because I used to argue that, not argue, like literally argue, but sort of have the position that it can be difficult when you see a group, like say you want to be on the basketball team, right? And you are, and everyone on that basketball team is a 610, mm-hmm. a 6'10 player, right? And you're 5'5 five, five, and you're thinking, I don't have what they're looking for, right? Like I don't have the height mm-hmm. that they're looking for, so I'm not going to go but you don't really know who shows up. You haven't given them an opportunity to see you. Mm-hmm. I think the same thing about diversity that, that oftentimes you have to think like maybe people are looking at this team and thinking we don't want them because we don't have anyone that looks like them who is built like them in terms of shape um, or strengths or flexibilities or body types or whatever, yeah. whatever it is you're thinking, but you haven't given us an opportunity to see you. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that we don't want you. We just maybe haven't seen you. Or anyone like you, right? Yeah. We're not trying to exclude. I, I can only speak for my program. We yeah. are not trying to exclude. We are interested and welcoming, um, and we want people to come. And so I try to be positive and encouraging mm-hmm. when people, whoever comes, whatever they look like, like this is what we're looking for in terms of talent, performance, showmanship. That's that's what we're looking for. The package mm-hmm. is the package. So let's dig into it a little bit more closely of like what these judges are actually looking for. I mean, the judges are often from the industry, um, corporate sponsors, people from the community, fans, people from the front office of your sports team. So there's a wide variety of perspectives of judges. And this next section from our guests kind of goes into what they're really looking for and just their thoughts on how to win them over. Because I know we're so focused on dancing and selling it and this, that, and the other, but there's really something about like connecting with the judges and making eye contact and when you're speaking with them and introducing yourself. 
and just making them really want to watch you and get to know you. Are you approachable? Do you draw them in with your personality? And so it's really tough on the judges to watch everyone. So you'll really have to showcase what sets you apart from everybody else. And oftentimes it's that one moment where you lock eyes with one of the judges while you're performing and you kind of give them your undivided attention for that split second. Sometimes it really, that's when they look down at that score sheet probably and mark something down for you in a positive way. So the real truth behind the palms is obviously with auditions, it's really hard to talk about it. I could tell in interviewing the guests that it was hard for them to discuss it as well, but cuts are inevitable and it sounds like it hurts the directors just as much as it hurts us, right? So I think Michelle from the Blazers, as well as Michelle Vaughn, Candace and Janine all share some really powerful stories of how difficult judging auditions can be, making cuts as a director and being cut as a dancer, and then most importantly, how to bounce back. So let's get into these clips from our guests. It is, it's hard. I do listen to the judges for sure. I trust the experts that we bring in, the dancers that we bring in, and or teachers, choreographers that come in and listen to their opinions um, very carefully. Yeah, I really do. Um, it matters. A lot of things matter. A lot more matters than that one minute. Mm-hmm. You know, how well you do. It's like how you stand there, your confidence. And, you know, it's just, it's kind of funny. All the little things that you see right. um, take, to play into it. It's a really hard position. You know, I've had, I honestly have had someone email me before and say, because someone didn't make it that they, sh- they thought should have made the team. And so someone emailed me and said, you know, I, and I knew the person that was emailing me. I think we danced together. She said, I don't really know what you're looking for. I don't get it. This mm-hmm. person is the most talented person, such a heart of gold, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, I just don't understand what you could possibly be thinking, Ooh. you know, wow. end of like, and I'm done with the program kind of thing. Right. And I don't oh. think they meant it to be nasty, but they really didn't understand. Right. They didn't understand. And I don't know if they watched the whole process or if they just knew how good that person was. Right. And then randomly maybe two years later, that person was a judge for me. I had invited them to come and judge because they had expertise and it wasn't mm-hmm. because of that email. It's nothing. Mm-hmm. It kind of, I kind of forgot about it. Mm-hmm. And that person sat there and I remember we had this really good sort of moment where we locked eyes at the end. And she said, this is hard. I get it. The, now. And she's yeah. exactly, she said, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you do it. I, that, you know, she just kind of said, you know that, yeah, I, <laughs> this is hard like how do you just like how you watch all this awesomeness from beginning to end critically now not just as a fan critically because you're judging and how do you just take 16 or 17 she was like here is my paper goodbye yeah Yeah. you know and it was but it was really sweet it was really like and I I felt like oh my gosh thank you thank you so much for just getting it and knowing that I'm not out to get that person, even though it's two years later, I was not out to get that person or, you know, it's just hard, but you're right though. It is a lot. Like what if I mess up and the judges look at me for that little two counts that I met how to miss that. Mm-hmm. Right. But again, I, we try to stress to our judges. It's, you know, like a mistake is like, I'm not looking for perfection. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, we're looking for great performers and people who live in the moment and you know, that you're just drawn to. I always say that auditions are my favorite time as a dancer, not as a coach. As a yeah. dancer, it's like my favorite time because there's so much talent in one place and to just get to watch it all day and people learning and just killing material. And we have solos and I'm just like, oh, wow, look it, look it, look it. It's just <laughs> so much fun to see because everyone is talented, right? And then it's also the hardest because you have to make those kinds of decisions um, with your judges and looking at scores. And it's hard because you do build a relationship with people over a year or the years. Um, And it's really hard when it comes to having to make decisions like that. Mm -hmm. And even with dancers who have never been on the team, who you've just watched go through the process and really commit themselves to the process and really be doing their best and not to make it is not like, In my mind and heart, it's not like you don't make it, don't really care. You know, that's not at all. That may be what. Yes, and that may be what it feels like. They think Mm -hmm. that the directors or judges felt like that about them, but it's not. If ever I've had to, or when I've had to let go of a vet, um, I've always done my best to. I'm. I want to say I'm 100% sure I've called Mm -hmm. every single one of them that day to talk about it and make sure that they know it's never personal. 
Yeah. Um, it's for us. It's not a personal decision. We don't like you. Um, it's just, you know, people, people get beat, you yeah. know, and that's, it's really hard to say. And that sometimes isn't even a reflection of how talented you are for a year. Sometimes that weekend, that day, you just, it was an off day. I mean, like it really is just that yeah. and you have to be fair to the process and respect what the judges are seeing and judging. And then it puts me in a really difficult position, right? you know, because it's my fault, good or bad, right? You make it, I get the mm-hmm. win. If you don't, I, you hate me. Exactly. And so that is, that makes it my, one of my least favorite times. Cause I can't just, you know, be happy for the 17 that make it. I have to think about how other people feel and how, yeah. how disappointed they are. So it's very hard, especially someone that I know and have worked with and had on the team. Mm-hmm. So I, I got this really sweet message from this girl. I go to a local dance studio just to take classes for fun. And I ran into this girl. Like, we connected on Instagram after we danced. I was like, oh, my God, it was so nice dancing with you. She said, you know, like, we, we've met before. I auditioned for Redskins this past year, but I, I didn't make it past whatever round she didn't make it past. And I was like, okay, you know, let's, let's talk about it. Like, how did you feel? Um, we were just going back and forth on Instagram and she told me, you know, that she was struggling with trying to find what her unique image was and fitness and all that good stuff. She was a beautiful dancer, incredible dancer. She was just trying to find the look and like feel confident and be something like add something new to the team. I know exactly where you're coming from, where you felt defeated and you felt super mad at first. You felt like you worked really hard to try to achieve this dream. Like you did everything you thought was possible and then like you don't you don't get a uniform. You feel really defeated after that. You're like, you know, like, is this really what I'm meant to do? I worked really hard. Why didn't I get what I think I deserved? And I was like, you know what? I understand your anger and your, not anger, but I understand your frustration. And honestly, like, you're right to feel that way. And that's okay. And I told her, you know, how I was in a very similar situation when I was in college. So, so I think if I never got cut from, you know, my second year in the Maryland dance team so drastically and so dramatically, and my feelings weren't hurt so bad, I would not be able to sustain, I think right now, being a Redskins cheerleader and maintaining my fitness. So like, honestly, it was a blessing in disguise. But at the time I was, <laughs> I was so mad at that coach, even though like she, she was doing her job. I can't be mad at her because like, I mean, that's, you got to adhere to your rules and your contract. And I did not do that my second year. But I finally, you know, get back on the field the last game of my sophomore year. You know, things were cool. Things were fine. It gets to be like my senior year. And I start thinking about, of course, what I want to do when I graduate. Not just like literally like if it wasn't for that year, that what was it? Three months maybe that I was not dancing and not wearing a uniform, but I was sitting there in the stands watching you know other girls like do what I wanted to do that hurts so bad but I think even to this day when I think about when I don't when I don't feel like eating right or I don't feel like you know practicing my dances I think about okay well do you want to sit in the stands you want to watch you know other girls live your dream for you yeah no like you you remember like just talking to myself I'm like you remember how bad that hurt like do you want to do that again no you don't all right so get off your butt and do your work yeah. And you're taking it full circle. Like, that's what I had to tell that girl. I was like, yeah, you sit here, you be mad. And remember how you feel right now? Yeah. Because you're going to need that when, because one day you're going to achieve your dream, but it takes more than just achieving your dream. You have to maintain your dream. But you need to think about how you felt when, like, you didn't get what you wanted. Because it's going to be times where you're going to want to quit later on after you get your dream. But you need to think about, okay, well, do you want to feel the same feeling that you felt back in 2018 when you got cut? No. No. I was like, girl, soak in that frustration. Remember it. Remember every second. Remember every emotion because you're going to need that. And next year when you make the team and you're feeling low or whatever, you need to think about it to how you felt frustrated and how bad you wanted this because mm-hmm. that's going to be a fuel for your future. It was just important to tell girls like, hey, it's okay that you don't get things the first time. It's okay that you don't get things the second time. And it's okay to feel bad about that. Like, you, you don't have to be like, okay, well, maybe I'll try again next time. Like, yes, eventually you should get eventually get to that point. But, like, it's okay to be like, hey, like, I worked hard for this. And this kind of sucks. Yeah. Because you need to remember how that feels when you get it. What I always tell the people that we work with is that, you know, no does not mean never. It mm-hmm. just means not right now. Mm-hmm. And if you put in... 110%, and I, you know, said this a little bit earlier, if you put in 110% in your preparation, and if you do all of the things, 
that you need to do to prepare, then when you leave that audition, yes, you're going to be upset. No one likes rejection. That doesn't feel good to anyone. But if you keep in mind that that no that you just got is getting you one step closer to your yes. Mm -hmm. The problem is people stop before they get to the yes. They don't give themselves the opportunity to learn and grow from that no to better themselves, come back even like up level, show the judges that you can improve so that you eventually do make that team. And so that's the biggest, I feel like, oh gosh, I don't even know how to describe it, but the thing that lets me down the most or makes me sad for people is that they don't have enough faith in themselves to understand that they are literally one or two steps from that. Yes. And then they just give up too soon. And it's a, it's a lot of it is just lack of confidence. The stories that we tell ourselves, people not being there to support and help and, you know, keep pushing you. And it's all, you know, it's mindset. It is all mindset. If your mindset isn't right. And if you haven't created a healthy environment to support a positive mindset and positive growth and positive habits so that you own your morning, you own your day and you feel good about yourself on the inside, all of that preparation isn't going to matter because the judges are going to see through all of that. If you walk in with low self-esteem, low confidence, and you're not showing them who you really are from the inside out. We're a small market. And I've always felt like I really appreciate that dancers come out and try out for us. And many dancers come back, which we are thankful and grateful for because we're smaller. We only get to take 16, now 17 dancers. And I've said it the last few years for sure that all those finalists could do the job, but I don't get to have that many dancers on the team. Yeah. So it's really great when people continue to work hard and come back to us. And I always recognize improvement because we're small. And I think our finalists sometimes don't realize that, but when they come back, I know them all year. Once you're one of my finalists, it's only 35 people. I know everybody by name. I know where they came from. I know what their background is. I remember. And when they show up again and they've made any sort of improvement, they've danced more. I can see they're more confident. They're more skilled. I think, oh, okay. Like that's special. That doesn't mean people can't make it the first time. They always do. But but there's something to be said for people coming back too. you know, mm-hmm. that means a lot. It shows a lot about what your work ethic is and that you would work mm-hmm. hard on the team and try to stay on top. I mean, it just says a lot in yeah. so many ways. I think it just says a lot. I mean, it just makes a whole other statement for you just showing up. You know who I'm really excited for with audition season are people who are coming back from maybe being cut last year, who have been busting their ass and really pushing themselves to be able to show up on the first day of auditions and really showcase how much they've grown and they've developed from the prior year. I found myself in that situation, obviously the year that I got cut after my rookie year, and there were a ton of emotions that went into processing being cut. Trust me, like Candace mentioned, just being upset, being angry, being hurt, being like, F it, and doing my own thing for a while. But when I had to really be honest with myself and say, you know what, dang it, I really... I want this so bad. I want to get back out there. I want my spot back and just trying to push myself to be ready for that experience and willing to show up with the right open mind and not really holding on to any negativity, but just positively show how much growth that I experienced. And getting to that point was a process for sure. But for everybody who's in that space and just needs a little bit more motivation and encouragement, this last segment really gives you that last bit of push that you need, that last good pep talk to get you through those last few weeks where you're really probably thinking, oh, I've done all this work. I could probably fall off a little bit. I mean, it's just really staying true to the course and staying motivated to get up, to work out, to eat right, to keep dancing, like all of the things that you need to do to make sure that you're showing up ready on auditions day. I think this episode will end on the right foot with Janine. That's why we called the last episode motivation last year because she has an excellent perspective on just being true to yourself and honoring your commitments that you make to yourself to improve day to day. So now's not the time to give up, you guys. Now's the time to push even harder and just be able to rest in knowing that you've done all of this to prepare so that you can confidently walk into auditions. I'm rooting for you. I'm like your number one cheerleader. And I can't wait to hear you guys write in saying how you've made your dream team. 
love hearing that. So feel free to reach out to the podcast and let me know where you're auditioning so I can put positive vibes and energy out there for you. You can do it. I believe in you. Any aspiring dancers or cheerleaders, just keep pushing. Year five, it's okay. Year seven, keep pushing. I just had in the training camp a girl, I think she auditioned seven years and finally made the team this year. So, I mean, you just have to know it's a business. And sometimes they already have five blonde girls. Change mm-hmm. your hair. You got to be versatile. You got to know your market and, and be adaptable and just keep pushing. If that's your goal and like dance makes you feel happy and you want to be on that team, like it'll happen when it's supposed to happen. You know, some of the ladies that I work with, they don't hone in and really grab that passion and really focus on that craft and work on that craft Mm -hmm. because if you have a passion for something and if you have a desire that you know the man upstairs put that desire in your heart for a reason don't ignore it don't try to brush it over but then also you can't half ass it either like you've got to go all in and put 110 percent in because that's when you're going to see the rewards and you're going to reap the benefits. And it might take long, right? So it took me a while to get to where I am. But every single year, I was still working toward that ultimate goal. So what I find with some of the people that we work with, they act as though they really don't want it so that if it doesn't happen for them, they don't let themselves down. So if you have faith in yourself, like there's this book, absolutely love it. You all have to buy it. It's called the miracle equation. And he talks about if you have unwavering faith and belief that you can do something and you put extraordinary effort behind it, then it will happen for you. The audition rounds might be different, but the fundamentals of who you need to show up as and who you need to be from the inside out is all pretty much the same for all of these auditions. And so If I can share just one more piece of advice, and I guess it sort of has to do with pro cheer, but not really, but I'm a firm believer. Obviously I provide coaching for other people, but I, you know, walk the walk, talk the talk, all that good stuff. I have coaches as well. Mm -hmm. So one of my coaches that I work with talks about this idea of having self-integrity. And so I just want to kind of, for all of the listeners to kind of think about this and kind of marinate on it. When we think about integrity, we think about, okay, well, I'm going to do what I say I'm going to do. And a lot of times that's easier when I tell my friend, I tell my mom or my dad or my client that I am going to meet a deadline or I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. We are quick to honor those commitments. We are quick to be in integrity when we are promising things to other people. Where we tend to fall short is honoring those commitments to ourselves. So I really want everyone to think about, you know, are you in self-integrity? Do you honor your commitments to yourself? So when you say you're going to wake up in the morning and work out, are you doing it? When you hear the alarm going off and you snooze, are you being in self-integrity? Are you honoring your commitments? Mm -hmm. And the most important commitment that you can honor is the one to yourself because when you are in self-integrity, you're reminding yourself that you are worthy, you are capable. And you are empowered to do the things that you say you're going to do for yourself, to better yourself, to make sure that you are a better person. And the more that you do that for yourself, the more that you'll start to believe in yourself and know that you are capable, you are able, and that you can accomplish anything in life. Where we get hung up is instead of doing the things that we know we need to do, we binge out on Netflix or we go ahead and grab that burger when we know that we should have a salad or we drink too much one night instead of, you know, just slowing down a little bit. And then what happens is we feel bad about ourselves the next day and it snowballs, right? So then we we start to repeat those bad habits and we're not honoring our commitments to ourselves and we just go further and further and further into a hole. So whenever you're thinking about not doing something that you said you're going to do, or you're thinking about not doing something that you know you need to do, just say, wait a minute, I need to be in integrity for myself because I am worth it. I am important. And then honor that. Say five, four, three, two, one, go do that thing. And -hmm. then you're going to feel good about yourself. And the next time you're going to do that thing and you're going to feel better about yourself. And then the next time you're going to do that thing. And before (laughs) you know it, you're a different person (laughs) with my coach, just kind of putting it out there, like self-integrity. I'm like, Oh my gosh, that in it seriously, just hearing and thinking about it that way, totally Mm -hmm. changed like who I was showing up as every single day for myself. Mm -hmm. And that's the most important. Like, how are you showing up for yourself? 
-hmm. And that's what you have to really think about because if you're showing up for yourself and you're proud of who you are being for yourself, that's going to trickle down to everyone else in your life and everything else in your life. And you're going to be able to show up as a better person for everyone else too. Now get your butt out there and go kill it at auditions this weekend. I will be watching for updates from the Patriots and updates from you. If you make it through the first couple rounds of auditions, you want to check in with a podcast. If you need a last minute pep talk, write me. I will write back. I will respond. I'm definitely excited for you guys once again, and I wish you the best of luck. I'm so excited for you. Go kill it. Thanks so much for listening to the Pro Cheerleading Podcast. You can follow your favorite podcast on social media at Pro Cheerleading Podcast on Instagram, at Pro Cheer Podcast on Twitter. We're on Facebook, on YouTube, and you can support your favorite podcast on Patreon. Until next time, keep your eyes on the sidelines.